everybody. Welcome in. Another week. Yes, it's Groundhog Day. Tom Azaway and Clarence Black again on The Wrap on NRM Streamcast and our Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. And I get Clarence coming in last minute, always so oh, busy. Stop. No, no, I'm, I'm saying how busy you are. Oh, yeah. It's how crazy. busy. You're it's running crazy. around, you know, like a. Uh, I don't, know, I don't know. Put in, put in your own, put in your own thing there. But you're running around a lot, and uh, you just, you were just uh, whining to me, and uh, you know, it's time. Well, yeah, man. Well, hey, when the hell is this? When, when's this shit gonna change? Well, yeah, Choose my man, language. You're a, well, look, that. you're a, you're a dad like I am. So yeah. I mean, on, on one hand, I'm glad that I got a, uh, I'm glad I got you know baseball back my son but now we you know my kids he's he's supposed to be starting football next month and yeah. it looks like there's not going to be football or they're going to switch it to the spring i'm just man uh, i'm just brother i'm tired man i know I am tired. we I all watched, are we all are it's wa- fatiguing watched a little baseball yesterday and didn't even it, it is weird i gotta say it's weird over the weekend i tried to watch it was yankees mats they had yeah. white Sox, cubs the tigers played i don't even know yeah. what the hell they played i think they played against themselves or whatever i just i'm so bored by what I can't, I can't get into it. I need, I need us. Yeah. I need our fans. Yeah. So I tweeted out on Sunday. I'm like, I'm beyond so bored. That I don't, I don't even want. I don't care. I, I gotta snap out of this. I gotta, I gotta. You know, the Tigers are coming up. They got a lot of, a lot of fun things. You know, they're gonna, they down to thirty guys now. They have their taxi squad down in Toledo. Casey Mize is down there. Matt Manning. We'll do more with the Tigers. Jason Beck from MLB.com is gonna join us in just a second. I know he's on the phone. We'll get to him in just a second. I'm just saying, I need personally, I need fans. Yeah. I, otherwise, I don't know if I could do it. And I haven't seen basketball yet without the fans. Football without fans is—I don't—I don't know. This could, I think it's going to kill me. Somebody hockey. I mean, I'll get your thoughts on this because you're 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 Jersey guy, so Springsteen. You know, yeah. uh, somebody a friend of mine was like, "Well, look," he said, "Dude, if if I told you your favorite musician was going to play in a in a in a let's so 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 put Springsteen in a, what is it called? Whatever the monstrosity is, MetLife or whatever yeah, the hell it's that's called. That's what it is. It's a monstrosity. If 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 they said Springsteen's going to do a two-hour set, yeah. kick-ass set, yeah, no crowd. Would you watch it? Yes. What's the difference? It's different. It's How? not sports. How? Because sports needs fans. How? They, you, Do the, they, the players they, need it? The... Yeah, everything. I need it. Even I, watching on TV? Yeah. I need it way more watching it on TV. Because I that gets me going. Like, to see that crowd in Seattle. I love when, when they're So when Springsteen when, when they're panning hits... Around, I don't care. Music is different to me. Well, how? It's a performance. It don't matter. It's music. Really? Yeah, I can ah. get into it. I got my headphones on. I'm be, I need people. Look, we got Jason Beck on the horn. Let's bring him up. Uh, Jason, it's uh, Maz and Clarence Black. How, uh, Clarence Black. How are you, buddy? Hey, hey Jay, how you there? How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Heck. Hey, it's been a while. Yeah, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear yeah. you now. We we got to watch a couple games together back in uh, in spring training. I mean, I wear my spring training shirt here. I got to watch some baseball, and I was excited. You know, we got to boo the Astros at Lakeland and all of that. That who knew <laughs> that that would be the the penultimate for me personally? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine now that baseball's here, and I kind of have a routine that gets me out the door a little bit and gets me outside it was it was kind of weird there for a few months but uh it's you know what it, it's different having baseball under these circumstances and in empty stadiums but uh you get used to it i guess 
Now, you're not even traveling with the team this year. Tell people how you are covering this team and tell us how you like it so far. Well, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a test run here coming up. Uh, Basically, I will be covering road games from home. I will be watching games online or on TV. I will be a part of the Zoom conversation, the interviews, because all the interviews this year, home and road, will be done electronically over Zoom uh, conference calls. And I will be writing basically from my kitchen counter, probably. Wow. So it's going to be different. We had a little bit of a test run, uh, or at least I did, uh, for one of the in, one of the interest squad games last week, just to kind of see how it went, and it went smoother than I expected. Uh, I thought there'd be a lot of hiccups, um, other than a little bit of a slow internet every now and then. Uh, it, it seemed to go okay. So no hanging out in the manager's office, huh? No, that is done. We are. Uh, that is a thing of the past for now. Hopefully it comes back here at some point. But uh, we have uh, pregame and postgame Zoom calls with uh, Gardy. Uh, he still tries to crack some jokes every now and then to try to loosen it up. But, uh, yeah, it's different. You don't have that conversational tone in these things, um, either with players or or with the managers. You, you don't have the informal conversations. and. And to me, more, you know, maybe more than anything on the field, that's going to be the big difference. Is that it's much tougher to establish, you know, relationships, reporter-player relationships, when you're doing everything via mass Zoom calls. Um, it, it's just it's it's a different feel to it. Um, it's you know, you try to get the stories you can, and we've gotten better stories, and yeah, you know, I think I. I was afraid we would, but it's still – it's a different feel to it, for sure. Jason Beck from MLB.com joining us. Jay, so if a guy is a is a, it's a historically just kind of bad interview or he's just a little more reserved, do you see it that maybe this new format will open up some of the guys that were more reserved – or do you think it's going to kind of maybe temper some of your guys that were historically pretty pretty solid with information? Uh, probably more the latter. Um, I know everybody wonders, you know, how has Cabrera been on these things? We have not talked with Miguel Cabrera yet, so we do not know. Um, it's, uh, we, we've had other guys who... You know, we've had interviews that have, haven't gone all that well, and we've had some that have gone fantastic, better than ever. Um, you know, we've got Daniel North coming up uh, this afternoon since he just got cleared to return to the team, and I'm expecting that will go well. Um, the other pitchers have, have been great. Uh, Joe Jimenez was very good a couple weeks ago. We've been rotating through the roster here. Uh, we were able to get a lot of the prospects out of the way. And the prospects were actually fairly good. Um, you know, sometimes you kind of wondered if they would be tentative in this type of format. But uh, 
maybe because they're so used to FaceTime and all this electronic stuff, maybe they, you know, this is just like old hat for them. This is probably a player's dream because let's face it, they don't want to see us, you know, crowding their locker and while they're, yeah. you know, half naked and, you know, trying to get out of the way and just doing their own thing. Uh, this is probably going to be what they would dreamt of, actually. Well, they're, you know, they've got all the space in the world now, not just because of us, but because of social distancing. They're no longer like, you no longer have guys in lockers right next to each other. I, I, I believe you've got guys separated by at least one locker. Jeez. Um, in, in fact, for the, for the summer camp, they used the home locker room, the visiting locker room, and the auxiliary locker room. A lot of people don't even remember that there's an auxiliary locker room at Comerica Park. Hmm. But if you remember where the interview for the postseason games used to go on, yeah, that is technically the auxiliary locker room. They sure. just have to set up lockers there. Huh. Wow. It's unbelievable. Now, Tigers playing the Reds uh, like a scrimmage, I guess, tonight. Uh Reds are pretty good, and they have a couple of our old uh, guys. I got Nick Castellanos playing over there, and of course, uh, Eugenio Suarez, and you know, go on and on. I think the Reds uh, might be players this year. What do you What do you think about them? I know I'm not going to ask a, a lot about the Reds, but what do you think about that one for tonight? I, I liked what the Reds were able to do uh, during the off season. They they built up. They made a little statement that. They plan to try to contend here without giving up top prospects, and that to me is pretty huge. So it's uh, you look at the guys. Obviously, Castellanos, a familiar face to a lot of people in Detroit, but you know they, they also brought in Mike Mustakas, so I thought yeah. it was a sneaky good signing, and which gives them the potential to have a really good infield. Um, yeah, they've got. They had gotten Sonny Gray earlier, which is big. Trevor Bauer's there in the rotation. They have the makings of, you know, kind of a sneaky good rotation there. Yeah. I think there's some question how the pitching staff will hold up uh, in the long run, given that it's a home run friendly ballpark. But in a 60 game season, I think those concerns yeah. are kind of mitigated. So I think there's a lot of curiosity with, with this team. And. You know, mind you, you, you've still got Nick Senzel there. You, you still got Hunter Green in the system. You know, there's still a lot of good young talent there. I, I'd forgotten, too, about, you know, the, the Japanese uh, Alfred yeah, Akiyama. Yeah, that's right. Who I think there's going to be a little bit of curiosity about see how he fits in there. Now, how about this? Uh, it's a 60-game season. So if last year we played 60 games, the world champion Washington Nationals were 15 games under 500. 15. 15 under 500. What do you think shakes out in this 60 game season, Jason? Who are your? Who do you think can sneak in, and who do you think will win it? I, you know, I I had to go through some predictions for our site the other day. And I was thinking, I, I keep looking at the schedule and think craziness is going to happen. Yeah. Because in these small sample sizes, you can get a team that just gets on a roll. Or really, even just a team that stays healthy. Because if you think about it, a 15-day DL stint encompasses just about a quarter of the season, depending on if there's an off day mixed in there. So I, I think the importance of health is 
bigger than ever here. And it, it's you're not going to have big wide gaps, I believe, in uh, in division races. Um, I like the race. I, I like what they've put together. I like the talent the Braves have, yeah. but I don't know how everything's going to shake out with them. You, know, you worry how how is Freddie Freeman going to look coming back from COVID? Um, is Yasiel Puig going to sign there after all, or is that deal basically done since he tested positive right. and you know that kind of scuttled the contract they agreed to? Um, you know, the, the AL West could be interesting. Maybe this is an opportunity for Oakland. The Central could be wide open. I know a lot of people are thinking <laughs> this is the opening the White Sox need to maybe move up their timetable yeah. sooner than expected. I still wonder if their pitching is going to hold up. Uh, you've got to have a little bit more depth there, I think, for my liking. But that offense is awfully formidable. Um, you know, the, the trains were, now I think a lot of people expected to see at the top. The Indians could go one way or the other. I, I think uh, depending on what type of start they get off to, they could either make a run at it or maybe this is the summer where they start tearing things down. Who knows? Talking and, with Jason Beck, MLB.com. Jason, the negotiations leading into this 60-game deal were contentious at best with the owners in terms of the fans players don't have 60 games with fans to try and make this up they can't sign extra stuff or take extra pictures how are they going to go about engaging a fan base that can't get into the park and maybe still a little bit turned off by the the way this thing played off and and it goes for the owners too i mean when people can't come to your product how do you i mean what can you do what can they do to engage a fan base that might be a little more than upset with them? Well, I think there's two ways. One, you can try to reach out and connect with fans virtually. You've seen that to a certain extent over the last, really, couple months with these virtual happy hours that teams seem to be doing. I was on one of these last night. Hopefully I didn't scare too many people away. <laughs> they gave me beer for it. It was great. Um, but, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams doing that right now. Uh, I think you see – I like the promotion that some teams are doing where they're allowing fans to have cardboard cuts of themselves in seats for games. Um, yeah, it's not quite the same, but at least it gives you a little bit of a connection there. You kind of feel like, you know, at least your likeness is there, so maybe you're virtually there. I think that's kind of cool. And I think the other facet of this that's going to be important is how can you allow fans to connect better to your broadcast? Because that's going to be the only way that that most fans can can follow these teams. So, you know, are you going to be able to mic up players during games? Are you going to be able to do different camera angles? Um, What can you do to provide a glimpse into the game that maybe fans haven't seen before? I love what some teams did with the catcher cam. You know, the Tigers tried that for a couple inter squad games. I believe, um, you know, Jake Rogers had one on. And I thought some of the views that that gave were incredible. I, I was really surprised by uh, how well I like that. Usually I find that stuff gimmicky. Uh, they need more of that. You need to be able to 
give not only give fans a feel like they're there, but even go beyond that and make it feel like they're right in the dugout or something, while still obviously <laughs> maintaining social distancing and keeping people safe. Wouldn't this have been the perfect season with these umpires bailing out? Eleven of them last week said they're not going to play, they're not going to participate. Wouldn't this have been the perfect opportunity to try that robo-umpire? Yes. Just to try it. What do you got to lose in a season like this? You know, there was some talk or some speculation. Was this going to be the year they tried an electronic strike zone? And then we started hearing reports that, yeah, yeah, they didn't really have a chance to calibrate the, uh, the new Hawkeye technology, the electronic technology they're, <laughs> they're um, introducing this year. So, yeah, that might have played a role into it. Whereas, you know, maybe if they were a few years into this technology, right. maybe you would have heard that discussed more seriously. Sure. Maybe not to take away the umps entirely. Right. But to take maybe a couple have out. the electronic strike zone yeah. and then have the umpire socially distanced. Correct. Or, or, Jay, or, Jay, maybe let's not introduce technology when the last major scandal just involved the abuse of technology. Yeah. <laughs> the, the garbage Fair cans. point. Yeah. And, as I, and as I saw reported, uh, I, I believe this morning, they're, they're still working on rules for, you know, to prevent electronic sign stealing and whatnot, which seem to be more important than ever right now. And it, at a time when I imagine we're going to have quite a few camera angles and you're going to have one camera crew for uh, both broadcasts. How about broadcasters? Are they going to the games now or are they doing it from their homes like ESPN was doing? Are these guys going to be able to be at the stadiums and uh, you know do it the real way? Home games, yes. Road games, it sounds like for the most part, you're going to have broadcasters broadcasting from home. I, I believe the Tigers were still in discussions on how to handle uh, some of that. We haven't seen an official announcement yet, but uh, I think there was some talk whether you know maybe radio could travel or something. We'll see, but um, I believe for the most part, right, and certainly for most of the teams around the league, it's going to be a situation where they're going to be either broadcasting road games from inside a studio at the broadcasting station's headquarters, or they're going to be doing it from the booth at their home ballpark, which mm-hmm. seems quite odd when you, when you talk about it. But I've seen pictures where you know these, these teams are setting up giant TV sets in these press boxes to allow these broadcasters to watch them when they're yeah. somewhere else. Unreal. Now, fill us in on the official rules. Are we playing uh, extra innings with the runner on second? Is that official now? And what is the timetable for all of this to go on? 60 games. When? Do, who makes the playoffs? When do the playoffs end? Do you have all of that handy? <laughs> what? Well, right now it sounds like it's going to be the same playoff structure as before. You know, I, there there was some hope being held out that maybe they could still expand the playoffs, but uh, it doesn't sound like that has gone anywhere. Huh. And I would expect that if you haven't agreed to that by opening day, it's probably not going to happen. It would right. be fair to change the rules midstream. Um, 
the extra inning thing with the runners on base, yeah, that is by all counts going to happen. Uh, we, in fact, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how teams structure their rosters for such a scenario. Right. Uh, I know talking with Gardner, you know, he talked about the possibility that hey, it might make sense for a team to carry a Derek Hill type of player. Yeah. Not only for defensive purposes. But a fast guy you can bring in as a pinch runner to serve as that runner on second when you start inning. Now, some of that's been a little bit overblown because I know there's some fear that, oh, this is going to you know, bring back the uh, sacrifice bunt in mass. And talking with some, you know, some people, Kurt Gibson included, but, but also people around teams, I think you're going to see teams playing for bigger innings than that just because one run – might not be enough in a lot of cases. I think they're going to want to play for two or three at least to try to, you know, put this out of reach and make life easier on their closers. Now, the guy that goes in to run, isn't he the last out in the ninth inning? I believe that's how the minor league rule works. Uh, I assume that's how it's going to work in this case, too, but I have not read that officially yet and what's the last when when would this all be done this year if everything goes well october november when are we done i believe we'd be looking at the end of october for a uh you know for a full postseason uh that was the big debate if you remember was yeah you know there was some talk about you know playing a longer regular season and pushing the postseason back, and there was brush, there was a brushback on that, saying, you know, we don't want to play games in November because of the chance that you know there could be a second wave. Of course, now in hindsight, we realize that you know maybe the first wave just doesn't go away. Correct. Um, but but also, I think there was there was a lot of talk that the um, the TV broadcasters wanted to keep it as is for advertising purposes as well as for their own scheduling because, I mean, you guys have probably talked about this already. Fall is going to be jam-packed from a oh, sports fan yeah. standpoint. It, you know, you're going to, you know, if, if everything goes as scheduled, you're going to have football, you're you're going to have golf, um, you're going to have horse racing, you're going to have all these different things. You're, you're going to have basketball. Tennis. Getting close yeah. to ready to yeah. start up again. Yeah, tennis too. So, it's, you know, it's, I'm going to be very curious to see how all these things go on at the same time and how it's, you know, how the sports fans' attention span gets divvied up. <laughs> uh, there, there was a little bit of a window missed here for baseball. You know, you wish they could have gotten this started a little bit earlier because they would have really had, aside from European soccer and golf and NASCAR, they would have had the sports landscape to themselves. And now you're going to have baseball along with the NBA bubble and the NHL bubble. And so it's, uh, you know, it's going to be busy. It's going to be absolutely busy. But the schedule, the regular season is supposed to wrap up, I believe, September 27th, the last Sunday in September. 30 seconds left, Jace. Do you think this season will go on and stay going? Do you think it'll go uninterrupted? 
I think so, and I'll try to tell you why real quick. Um, the, the protocols they put in place are pretty thorough, as I'm sure you guys have seen. The sense I've also gotten is that a lot of teams and players are taking on themselves to emphasize to teammates the importance of staying safe and not putting not only themselves, but teammates, families, and teammates' families at risk by risking exposure. And it seems like for that reason, I, certainly from the Tigers' standpoint, players seem to be taking this seriously. I think there's kind of a we're in this together feeling that, um, you know, I wasn't sure how that would come about before. Hey, Jay, thanks for coming on with us. We'll uh, check in with you as the season goes on. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll be watching for you on Twitter. Thanks, Matt. Good talking baseball with you guys. Clarence, good to talk to you again. You too, brother. So, uh, take it easy, guys. All right. Jason Beck, MLB.com for the Tigers, and I got to enjoy uh, a nice dinner with Jason and the boys for uh, – down in Florida when it was, you know, at Lakeland and we were having a good time, not knowing that would be the only really baseball that we'd actually get to go see. I, I didn't have the heart to bring up to Jason that we've already had a, a, a professional athlete leave his bubble in the NBA yeah, to go to go get his to go get his uh, what was his carry out. Yeah, but he, <laughs> but he was a bowling green guy, as Ethan Perlman told me, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a Sacramento King. Man, you know it ain't happening, man. And, hey. and I get it; it's best intentions, man. These guys are not gonna stay. They're human, it. man. They're human. Yes, They're human. Yes. David, thanks. Tacos. David, thanks for uh, hanging mm, in there good. with us. Uh, Angel, I don't know where you are, but thank you too. Stevie Mack, Ellington Smith in the back as well. Uh, and my man Clarence Black, Tom Mazaway back with more uh, on the wrap right after this.